We're thrilled to announce that we now have seven powerful devotionals available on YouVersion's Bible app. For those not in the know, YouVersion is the top Bible app in the world, and we're honored to be on this incredible platform. Our devotionals dive deep into the pillars that define the lion within us, health, wealth, and self. So whether you're seeking spiritual growth, financial wisdom, or personal development, these devotionals are tailor-made for you. So ready to embark on this transformative journey and unleash the lion within you? Head over to thelionwithin.us slash uversion to access our devotions on the uversion app. Join thousands of like-minded individuals and dive into the word with us. That's thelionwithin.us slash uversion. That's Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. And let's grow together and become the leaders God intends us to be. Welcome to The Lion Within Us, a podcast serving Christian men who are hungry to be the leaders they're predestined to be. I'm your host, Chris Granger. Let's jump in. All right, guys, you made it to our Wednesday episode. This is the big one. Okay, guys, and I've been praying over this episode. I literally just said a set of prayer right before we went into recording here. This is going to be the hardest message I've ever put together on a podcast. So I, I've been praying through this, guys. I'm going to try to get through this without a lot of emotion, uh, as much as it was, as little as possible. Um, this is not easy, okay? This is not, this is not an easy message. But I want to start, just like we start every episode of The Line Within Us, we're going to start in God's Word, okay? So let's get our heads right. Let's get right on, in God's Word. This is a beautiful story, beautiful story in Mark. So again, Mark 5, 35 through 43. I'm going to read these verses. While he was still speaking, and the heathen were here, that's Jesus. They came from the house of the synagogue official, saying, Your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher anymore? But Jesus, overhearing what was being spoken, said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid any longer. Only believe. Love that part. And he allowed no one to accompany him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And they came to the house of the synagogue official. And he saw a commotion and people loudly weeping and wailing. And entering in, he said to them, Why make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead, has not died, but is asleep. They began laughing at him. But putting them all out, he took along the child's father and mother, his own companions, and entered the room where the child was. Taking the child by hand, he, he said to her, Talithia, come which translated means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl got up and began to walk, for she was 12 years old, and immediately they were completely astounded. And he gave them strict orders that no one should know about this. And he said that something should be given to her to eat. So that is our scripture for the week. And I really wanted to share that story. So guys, here's a stat. Needs you to know right off the bat, and I and I and I mentioned this in the spiritual kickoff. If you haven't listened to that, highly encourage you to go back and check that out because I really just broke down that scripture in that spiritual kickoff that may help you get a good foundation of what was happening during that time. Here's the stat: one in four pregnancies ends in a miscarriage. One in four. That's that's not one in four women will have a miscarriage. That's it. All pregnancies, all pregnancies, 25% will end in grief. Now, I want you to think about it this way. We, I mean, we're, we're serving Christian men. One in four men will experience grief as well. But what, that's not really talked about, right? That's not acknowledged as much. And, but guys, that's a real stat. So if you got one in four women that are having these issues and you're a married Christian man, you're part of that number. And here's the thing. I'm part of that number. I'm the one in four. Okay? And I'll tell you this. There is no pain like kid pain. Bottom line. So I got two stories I'm going to share with you. And then after that, guys, this is not just a pity party for Chris. I actually got 10 tips that you can share with, with, with guys who are struggling with this. If Maybe this has happened to them in their life. And they need some encouragement. Maybe this happens in the future and you remember this podcast. I encourage you to come, go back to it and use it. Send it. 
learn from it because this may help you help them and be there for them. Okay. So the first story, my wife and I, we got married in 2017 and we wanted, we wanted to have a baby. You know, I have two children from a previous marriage uh, and two beautiful daughters. And Hey, Chloe and Ava, you guys may be listening to this one. And when, when Rebecca, my wife and I, we got married, we wanted to have some children of our own. So we were blessed. God blessed us. We were able to get pregnant. Things were going good. We actually went to the, to the first ultrasound. It was, I think, the six or seven week ultrasound. Things looked great. And my wife, she had a follow-up appointment. And it was an early follow-up appointment. It's like a nine-week appointment. And I was at work. I told her, so do you want me to go with you? She said, no, this is just, this is just a follow-up. Um, you know, we're not, we're not checking anything or anything like that with ultrasound. So, so, you know, just go to work. And I got the phone call. She called me at work and she's like, um, we've lost our baby. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? What happened? And, and she, she told me it was, it was what's called a, I may get this wrong, but a missed miscarriage. Okay. So my wife never had the actual signs of a miscarriage. There was never any blood or anything like that. It was a missed miscarriage. So, you know, we lost our baby and we had to go do a procedure. Um, that was called a DNC procedure. And, you know, it's, a, it's an outpatient thing, but we had to go uh, have that done and, and just remember um, the hurt, you know, and, and we named, we named our baby and his name is Judah. My wife is adamant that it was a boy. You know, I'm a, a three-time girl dad. But it was a boy, you know, she, what, so I, I, went, I went along with her. Who am I to argue that? Uh, so we, we lost him. And, um, you know, I will talk about a little bit later how we processed that grief and some things we did to celebrate his life. And, and you know, th that really helped us. And, you know, being that early in the pregnancy, uh, it didn't make it any, I wouldn't say any easier. It was just different. Okay, it was a different pain that we felt, but it was still a very real pain. You know, we we had struggled to even get pregnant, and then we got there, and then that happened. So we just, you know, that was that was a that was a tough one for us to uh, to work through together. Um, and then we we had some time to heal. You know, took we took some just some time to make sure her body had healed, you know, properly. And then we said, you know what, we trust God. You know, we don't know why what happened to Judah happened, but we we're going to trust him. And we tried to, we want to get pregnant again. So uh, we were able to get pregnant. And this time, you know, it didn't take us quite as long from what I remember, but we, we, we got pregnant. And I didn't miss any. <laughs> there were no appointments missed, anything like that, right? I mean, I was, I was there at every one of them. And, and our daughter, we found out she was a girl. I think we found out around 14 weeks that, she, that it was a girl. And, you know, being a girl dad, I was, I was thrilled, obviously. Uh, we named her Faith. You know, Faith May was her name, M-A-E. And we were excited. Like our, our, our kids were excited. Our daughters were excited. It was a, it was a, a, a fun time because, again, this was in COVID. Okay, so this was in the middle of COVID. Everything happened. And, and so... You know, from when, when COVID hit, you know, you couldn't have the typical, you know, baby showers and things like that. So we had to modify and, and, and you know, we were blessed, beyond blessed by, you know, our church did a, a, a thing for us. Uh, our families did things to try to make it special because we were, that was in the middle of the lockdown. I mean, it's not many people were traveling. We weren't going out. You know, I remember going out to uh, uh, get groceries you know, just decked out with the mask, all the gloves. You, you didn't know this when the, the pandemic, pandemic first started and I had a pregnant wife, right? And so, you know, that was all just different type of experiences. And we took a lot of pictures and things like that of, of, of my wife through the pregnancy and just celebrating the life that was, that was to come. You know, the, the life that, was, that was, we were so excited for. You know, we had, we had the nursery. I repainted the nursery. Uh, we had a we we found some great furniture, and and we had everything set up right. I mean, the nursery was beautiful. I mean, beautiful. We had a, a a picture that had faith, like her name was on it. You know, thing was it, it was just it was beautiful, guys. I mean, you know how 
you know, guys are, we just want to do stuff. Right. So for me, just doing stuff was prepping the nursery and getting ready and, and getting that whole, and then, you know, then the, the wives, they usually go into that mother hen, you know, just getting the nest ready and all that. So we were there. Okay. So we were due uh, in May and on, I believe it was May 11th. So we went, we went to bed I, uh, that night and my wife woke up and she, well, she woke me up. <laughs> I remember that. And she says, I, I, I'm not feeling faith moves. She's not kicking me or anything. And faith was very active, baby. I mean, I could sit there and put my head on my wife's stomach and she would kick me and very, I mean, you'd see her stomach move. I mean, this, this little girl was all over the place, right? She was, she was wide open all the time. So I told her, I said, you know, our daughters are upstairs sleeping. Um, she's like, I tell you what, I'm going to go to the hospital just to check, make sure she's okay. You stay here with the girls and I'm sure, you know, everything will be fine. And then I'll come back and, and if they want to keep me to induce me, because again, guys, we were at the due date. We were, we were there. Okay. So this is not like this was 20 something weeks. Like we were literally at the due date. Uh, the bags were already packed, all that stuff. So I, I lay back down and I think I'd even doze back off. And uh, my phone rang that night and it was, it was, it was my wife, Rebecca. And I'll never forget the words she said. She said, uh, I said, Hey, and she said, we lost faith. And, uh, told you guys I won't get emotional, but I lied. So when she said that we lost faith, you know, I'm here at the house with my kids. What do you do? I mean, I, I, I just cried out to God. I remember laying on the floor in the bathroom, tears soaked, and just, you know, you, ha you ask the questions, why? You know, what, is this real? Does it feel, is this really happening? And you just don't know. I mean, you, you, there's, there's this feeling of, of just, what do you do? There's nothing I can do. And so I, I was able to get my parents on the phone. They, 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 they drove over immediately. Um, and, and when they got there, my dad, uh, you know, we got hugs and all that stuff. I mean, we had, you know, we had the, the, uh, the things you don't think about. Like we had the pack and play was already in our room, right? I mean, everything, the car seats, all that stuff was there. So <clears throat> I went to the, uh, my dad drove me to the hospital and dropped me off. So he, so they could come back and be with our, our daughters middle of the night. So the girls never woke up. Right. So when they, when my daughters woke up in the morning, uh, they had school. So they actually, you know, they woke up dad and, and their stepmom was gone. So, and grandparents are there and they're like, what's going on? And so I, I told them, my, I told my parents, I said, don't tell the girls. I have to be the one that tells my daughter that you know, they lost her sister. So they, uh, again, he dropped me off and went into the hospital and, and that's where I saw Becca for the first time. And, uh, after, since that phone call. So. When you when you're in there in the hospital and things like this, it's a it's a different, much different feel. You know, there's 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 no monitors or anything like that for the baby. <laughs> you know, they're they're just basically monitoring your you know your wife, and you know they're making sure that she's healthy. And then they, they have to start inducing and, and having that that whole process right because her body hadn't started the process of actually going into labor yet. Right, it had, it wasn't exactly that time. So, you know, we, we, they started the, the induction process that took forever. I mean, it was just complete agony. Okay. It took us about 24 hours to finally get to the point of, you know, being to the point where we could start pushing and then the delivery, it was agony, excruciating, unbelievable uh, pain that we had to go through. And you know, that my wife had to go through. And as a husband, I'm just standing there literally helpless. Can't do anything for her. We prayed for miracles. I, I had this, this, my Bible open, went straight to, I said, you know, we're going to have a Jarius moment. 
we, we kept calling. We, I mean, we claimed it. We we're going to have a Jarius moment. This is going to turn out to be a, a great, you know, the doctors are wrong. I don't care what your technology says. You're wrong. My daughter's going to come out and she's going to cry. And <clears throat> so they, the, the doctors prepared us the best they could. And Faith was born. And, and she entered the world. And I told my wife, I said, as soon as she comes out, I'm praying over her to Lithia come. And I remember standing over her and holding her. You know, the doctors are there with her. Praying that over and over and over. And my tears were just dropping down on her. And she wouldn't open her eyes. She was beautiful, guys. I mean, nine pounds, beautiful baby, head full of hair. I mean, a lot more hair than I got, right? That's not too hard, but just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful, but just wouldn't open her eyes. And so we helped her get, you know, I, I, I helped dress her for the first time and, you know, all the stuff that you do, you know, when you have a baby. And um, just remember that feeling of, of she was very warm when she was born. Very, very warm. It's the way a baby should be, right? And uh, so I went and to my wife and was able to. To, to show her faith and they had to finish up some things with my wife to get her, you know, to get her right. And you know, if you guys have been through deliveries and all that stuff, you know what that's like, but I will never forget how quiet the delivery room was. You know, guys, delivery rooms are supposed to be chaotic <laughs> and crazy. They're supposed to be screaming and yelling and you did this to me and all that stuff. Right. And, and at the end of it, you should hear a baby crying. We didn't have that. It was quiet. And I remember, I didn't like it. That, that quietness was very difficult. Of, it brought a, a, a sense of reality that this is really happening. So anyway, I, I got faith there. My wife is, is finally, you know, finished from the delivery part. So we're able to be together and we had 12 hours. We had that night to be with her. And I remember very well that night it's, it'll be a night. I'll never forget. And things that we did. And I'm telling you guys this stuff because if you're ever in these moments, it would have helped me to have heard a story like this going into this, but I didn't. So hopefully, hopefully nobody, ever has this issue and and this is just a sad story but with the one in four stat i think it's a story that that, that could hopefully uplift people so i remember that 12 hours what do we do well we sang to her i remember very well very well singing to her and uh i sang her victory in jesus and it was the hardest song i ever sang i'm a terrible singer my wife is the singer i'm horrible but I just wanted to, to, to sing to my daughter and talk to her. And we, we t I told her about um, our family and her crazy sisters and all the plans that they had to do with her and, and all that stuff, right? And uh, we took pictures with her, obviously. And, and, you know, just think about this. If you just had 12 hours to, to make memories. What do you do? What do you do? I wasn't sure. So we just did the best we could. And uh, they made a little, uh, the hospital we were at, they, they made some um, handprint and footprints of, of her and, and like these molded things. That were, they're really awesome. They did a phenomenal job of, of, of taking care of us and, and loving on us. And, and uh, they're special, just so you guys know, they're special carriers that you have for babies that pass uh that basically are like a refrigeration type thing where you lay them on it it's basically delaying the decaying okay so it's it's a way that you can spend some time with your baby uh and i'm very appreciative of that but i just remember some of the last things i remember or how cold she was and, and i don't like that part 
I didn't, I didn't like the cold part, but I wouldn't trade those 12 hours for anything because as hard as it was, it was good for, for my wife and I to have that time as a couple together with our baby. <laughs> and so we, we had that and then, you know, saying goodbye to her and all that thing, all that stuff. Um, Complete agony. I'm just I'm not going to lie. Just complete agony. It sucks. So we left the hospital and we were able to leave. And, 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 uh, you know, my daughters, we hadn't talked to them because I can't tell them this stuff over the phone. I'm not that kind of man. I'm a, I'm a very, in many ways, a guy's guy. I'm a, I'm a, I don't mind hitting the hard stuff head on. And for them, I wanted to hit the hard stuff directly with them. I didn't want to sugarcoat it. I didn't want them to, to hear it through third party. They needed to hear it from their dad and from their stepmom. So we got home and, and uh, they came up to the car. So excited. So excited. And because they were expecting to see their sister, right? I mean, why should they think any differently? And it was an empty car seat. And they had questions and they were like, what is going on? And, so we went outside and there's a little tree that's outside. And, and here's where I told you we did a, 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 a uh, in, in the memory of Judah, we actually planted a little Japanese maple in our front yard. And we never told our girls that that was the reason we just, they just thought we just planted a little tree. So we went out and we, we made a circle around that tree and I started off by you know just just telling them the you know why that tree was there and and again i'm going off a lot of this stuff by memory so i may have some of it wrong but and then we just told them that their sister had had, had died and that you know she was with jesus and and we told them this this immediately i mean they broke down um my oldest daughter took off running just you know, grief, grief, right? I mean, it's just kids grief too, right? So, I mean, it just, we had to pull together and unite as a family. And I can only tell you guys that prayer, family, our church family, in those moments, that's all you got. And you just lean all you can on the Lord. And that's what me and my wife did. You know, we leaned on each other. And together we were leaning on him. He is the only reason we got it. We got through that. And so then, um, you know, we're sitting there uh, a week or so. It went by, and, and we had we had our, our daughter cremated. And and by the way, she's in a, in a little urn, and that urn's in my pocket right now. I wanted her to be with me during while I was doing this recording. So about. You know, a uh, a week later, we're sitting there, and my wife and I will take a a fun story. My wife and I met because of a dog. Okay, it was a dog. My my dad had worked with my wife. Uh, she got a new puppy. It was a little Yorkie. His name was Maverick, and he had pictures of of the dog on his computer. I was over at his house one day. He's like, "You need to look at these pictures of this dog." I'm like, "I don't care about this dog." He's like, no, look at the pictures of the dog. So about the third picture, it was my wife holding the dog. And that's when I immediately fell. I was like, all right, who is that? So this dog ultimately was the reason that my wife and I met. And again, we lost our baby. One week to the day, I woke up and Maverick had died. And I, I, I remember just standing there shaking and calling my dad saying i don't want becca to wake up because i have no idea how to tell her that her dog has died and it was just i can't explain the emotions so the funeral home had actually called and i was to pick up faith that day so i take maverick or our yorkie had just passed and i called and we found a, a one of those cremation services for animals. And I remember 
So I took Maverick. I wrapped him up. We said our goodbyes. I had to tell our our daughters that they lost their dog. It was just, you know, when you think it can't get any worse, right? And I remember going to the funeral home, and I met the guy who does the pet cremation at the at the real funeral home. So I'm picking up my daughter, dropping off my dog, and I'm sitting there thinking like. This is the worst country song on the planet, right? It's never going to be a country song that's any worse than this. So it was just a surreal moment. And, and I, I don't know, you know, what, why, you know? And then, you know, a, a week or two after that, my wife actually lost her job. I mean, it was just, we lost her baby. We lost her dog. She lost her job in a matter of about three or four weeks. Talk about your Joe moments, right? And when, when, when all these things hit, all you can do is cling. You have to cling to him. Because you talk about broken as a man who wants to fix stuff and wants to help and be, you know, we want to be in charge. We want to, we want to, to, to do something. There's nothing I can do. They were, our baby died. Our dog died. My wife got fired. Are you kidding me? Like, what? You know, just like literally just crying out to the Lord. So, you know, we made, just to keep on with the story, guys, we, we, we made it through that, obviously, together. And, um, you know, she got a, a job that's a million times better, uh, that, that the people actually care. They love her. You know, guys, she was working at a church. And the church where she worked, they never acknowledged the fact that we had a daughter. And so that just tells you, you have to be careful wherever you're at. You know, because, you know, Satan's everywhere. But God took us through that, took her through that, because now she's in the field that she loves. She's surrounded by women that love her and that coworkers that love her. And she gets to do these amazing things in HR and she, she's in her happy place. So that part did turn out well. We, we actually, you know, we made a shadow box for Faith and that's, that's in our living room. You know, the shadow box there. To, remember, I told you guys about the... Uh, the, the, the hand and the feet imprints, they're in the living room too. So we have this place, you know, for faith. And then uh, we took a trip to the beach as a family and we took her, we took faith with us and we had a really good time at the beach, kind of just decompressing some. And we had a little service for her. It was just the four of us, our family with her there. And we took a lot of pictures and it was awesome. It was awesome. And then, you know, I remember, you know, the nursery. We just shut the door. We shut the door. We didn't want to do anything to the nursery. We trusted and we, we felt that God, you know, we, we still love you. We love you more than ever. We've been through tragedy. We've been through all this stuff, but we are not going to turn our back on you. And we became even closer as a family through this. And then I just remember, you know, so with shadow box, shadow box is done. We, we did the beach trip, the nursery, we shut that door. And then we had her one year birthday. And that was probably one of the hardest days. Her birthday is actually May 13th. I'm actually recording this in early May right now. So her birthday, we'll, ha we'll have her two-year birthday here in a few days. And uh, I wanted to do this recording before her birthday. Just, I don't know why, guys, because I'm weird, but I just, I wanted to do this. So, but her one-year birthday, we had a cake and, uh, you know, one candle. And, uh, you know, we, we, we just, we tried to make it special. And it was more for the kids but it was for, for Rebecca and I, too, so we could process that together. Um, and we still have moments where she and I will just look at each other and just, we'll just say, I miss Faith. And I'll just tell her I miss her, too. And, you know, for that year, I worked, you know, I work remotely from home. And the nursery is across the hall from my studio where we do recordings and things like that. I just remember so, so vividly looking over, always looking over to that nursery and that door being shut. And it was just a constant reminder 
Because I don't know if that was help, you know, healthy or not. But it was just it was a constant reminder. And um, guys, it was again something that I pray nobody ever goes through. And so when I started thinking through that and, and the story and and in faith and how to honor her and things that we did. You know, I've I, I made up a list. I got 10 things, guys. So I won't, I won't go through them. I'm not going to take a long time to go through these, but I want to give you 10 things to think about if you're ever one of those one in four. If this ever happens, and you're one of those one in four, this may help you. So I'm going to give you a couple of things to think about. I'm going to walk through this list right now. Number one, number one, Grieve with your wife. I know it sounds simple. Too many guys, we try to hold the emotions in. You need to grieve. She needs to see you grieve. There is something about a couple, when they grieve together, they grow together. I don't want any of you guys to ever have to grieve. I know a close personal brother. I love him very much, and he listens to this podcast uh, as, as consistent as anybody out there. And he lost his son. And I'm, I've watched him going through grief. He's going through grief right now. And that grief will never leave. And, um, you know, I didn't get to, to raise my daughter the way he raised his son. You know, I can't imagine. I just know the, the, the hurt and the pain that I feel. You got to grieve. So, Stephen, if you're listening, I, I love you, brother. Enjoy. I love you. you know, pray, we constantly pray for you guys. So, um, grieve with your wife, guys. You got to grieve with her. Number two, name your baby. <laughs> you need to name them. Give them a name. They deserve it. Judah, even though we lost Judah so early, nine weeks, he's Judah. He's not, he, he, you know why? Because at the moment of conception, he was beautifully, wonderfully made. And God was weaving him together. He had a spirit. He had a soul. All of that stuff at the moment of conception. Don't get that mixed up. Now, this is not going to be a big podcast on abortion and all that stuff, guys. You guys know what the Bible says. I don't need to take you there. Name your baby. Give him a name. So for us, it's Judah and faith. Number three, protect your wife from others. Now, what am I talking about here? There's going to be certain times where people think that you just need to move on. You know, or maybe you just don't, maybe you just don't talk about it as much or shouldn't bring it up. No. As a man, you need to step in and hammer that right there. And I had a real good friend. His name is Steve. He called me. He had the same thing happen to him. He actually called me right after it happened with Faith and he found out. And this was his advice to me. Protect your wife. And I remember that. And I want to share that and pass that along to you guys. Protect your wife. So, Steve, if you happen to be listening, thank you, my brother, for, for sharing that uh, that piece of advice. You've, you've been a wonderful friend. And, and I do, I could, I'll continue to pray blessings for you and your family. So, protector, number four, you need to recognize, guys, that existing kids, you know, kids in the house, they process grief differently, and you need to help them through this. Maybe they need needs to be some counseling involved. No, but you got to recognize kids process grief differently than adults. So just 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 going and knowing that that's going to help you because you need to help them. Now I know you have to grieve. You have to do it. On, you have to grieve yourself. But as a dad, as a lion, you need to help them grieve. They need to see you cry to know that it's okay for them to cry. Be vulnerable here, guys, but make sure your kids feel that it's okay to grieve and help them. Like for us, we, we had some projects we did. Our girls wanted to make uh, pictures for Faith. They, wanted to, they made a little pictures for her. They made a frame thing from Maverick, our, our puppy dog, because again, they, they had so much loss in those, like literally week. And that helped them. And those, those frames are, are in their rooms right now. You know, we had a picture made of faith and all that stuff, and that, that stuff's there. And they helped with making the shadow box, and they made little notes. And still to this day, if I read those notes, I start crying. So I just, those notes are very, they're very raw, 
but they were real, but it helped them process. Now, kids do process grief a lot faster, usually, than adults, you know, so they're more resilient. But just recognize that your kids, they process grief differently. So be there for them. Number five, you know, you need to recognize that your extended family, they're going to grieve. You know, so reach out to them, check on, make sure they're okay. You know, grandparents, my, my, my wife, her mother in particular, how she took, this is her first grandbaby that she was expecting, you know, a biological, of course, she, she's a grandma to, to grandmother to, to Chloe and Ava, but this was, you know, this was her first biological and this is, so this was very difficult for her and her sisters and her brother or dad. And then my family, you know, we, we never experienced things like that. Until I, I, my mom, she reminded, you know, we, we were talking, you know, my brother, my younger brother, he was a twin. And his, his twin was stillborn. So I was able to talk to my mom about that and just, you know, some of the emotions that she had. So, you know, we were able to, to, to learn from that. And guys, I forgot to even mention, we, we never found out what happened. They think it was something with her umbilical cord, like a blood clot or something, but we just trusted it. That's what it was. That's what it looked like it was. We didn't want to put through any testing or things like that, but um, that, that ultimately ended up, ended up being what it was. But this, this, this idea here of your, your extended family, they're going to grieve. You need to help and just, and just be there for them. Okay, just don't forget about them. Sixth tip, set boundaries so that you know, you're not the grief counselor for others. You need to set some boundaries here, guys, okay? Because, I mean, sometimes people, when, when they grieve and they reach out, it can be all intended well. But you know what? Sometimes we don't need those messages. And you need to protect your wife. Again, going back to rule number one, but set some boundaries. And if it keeps going on with certain people, you just need to be pretty direct. There's nothing wrong with being direct. You do it in love. I'm not saying be a jerk and go out there and, and, and or... Know, hit people between the eyes, but do set some boundaries. Be the man, be the lion, and make sure people understand that you know you ain't their counselor. You're here for the core group, the core family, but set some boundaries. And again, a lot of stuff is is, is meant to you know it's meant in love. It just you know God's got a plan, things like that. I get it, but when you're when you're hurting, you you just lost your child. You don't need to hear that kind of stuff. Okay, you just need to know that people love you and they, they're praying for you. It's the best thing you can ever say to anybody who's gone through a loss is that I love you and I'm praying for you, right? Seventh tip, make a tribute or memorial items, okay? That, we did that for Judah. Again, we planted that tree. For Faith, we did the same thing. We have the, 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 the shadow box, all her stuff. We have a Faith box with all the cards and stuff like that that we got. We planted. Our church just blessed us with... with uh, Bushes, uh, a rose bush, some different flowers, uh, a little tree. I mean, all these different things that we were able to plant and, you know, as a memorial for her. And I remember I literally just went out the other day and I thought, looked at her, her rose bush. It's beautiful. It's got pink roses. And that's a constant reminder, you know, every year of just her memory. So I, I'm really big. I think that stuff helped us process the grief. So, I mean, tributes, memorial items, you know, I think that stuff really does. You know, in the moment, it's, it, you may not think it helps, but I know for me personally, going back now, coming up on two years and pulling that stuff out helps. It does. It helps. So I really encourage that. Number eight, find a counselor uh, to help you process the grief. You need to find a counselor. I mean, my, my wife and I, you know, we, we were able to get some support to, to really understand. For her in particular, there's a lot of groups out there for women. Guys, sometimes we need help too. So if you're struggling, find a counselor, you know, because they can really help you walk through this, help you grow together. There's, there's specific couples, uh, not couples, there's specific groups out there for families that have lost, you know, gone through this type of hurt. Uh, and they helped my wife for a few times. Now, at some point, she got to where she couldn't go to those meetings anymore because they just kept bringing up too bad of memories. Now she couldn't really like push through it, but initially they were really helpful for her to, uh, to, to process. All right. Number nine, share. You need to share your grief and let others know 
like your church family. Because when you do, you know, that's going to be opportunities for people to love on you. And you need a lot of love when you're going through grief. You're also going to find out that one in four stat that I was telling you guys about, you're going to find out more and more people have dealt with this than you realize. People came to us that we had no idea had struggled like this and, and shared stories and, 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 and just heartbreaking stuff. But they came out the woodworks. They, they, they were really encouraging some of the letters. I mean, our church, one of our brothers in the church made us a box, beautiful little wooden box and, and had these prayer cards in it from all these different prayers that people hand wrote. And I'll tell you, they're just some of the most beautiful, impactful things we've ever gotten. And, and, that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't shared, you know, that we weren't connected with a church. So again, this leads, this is not a tip, but I mean, guys, if you're not part of a local church, what is wrong with you? Like, seriously, find a local church. You need a church to help you in so many areas. Like when life happens, you're, you know, you have your family, but then you have your church family. And your church family is going to help carry you too. You know, so I mean, meal trains. I remember... It was like for, it felt like two months and you know, we had food showing up and it was, it was a blessing. I'm not going to lie. I didn't feel like cooking. I just wanted to just mope, <laughs> just be, it was literally, I didn't want to do anything like that. And, and the church took the stress off of us because, you know, they, they just loved on us and, and, and we're part of a Southern Baptist church and Southern Baptist, we love to love on people with food and, and nothing wrong with that, but it was. That was good. So share your grief. And again, got to give a special shout out to Two Pleasant Grove uh, Baptist Church where we, where we serve and the pastors, Pastor David and, and, and Pastor Scott, and, uh, Pastor Corey, the, the, the people that are there that, that are serving. It's unbelievable the love that we felt and, and the way they carried us through that. And we even have a little memorial thing for, for faith that's, that's in the church. But that was... Uh, that was, it's really awesome. So share your grief. And the last tip that I got, guys, the last tip, trust God. Just trust God and go to him in prayer. You got to trust him. You know, so many times, guys, it can be like you get in these Job-like moments. You just want to say, you know what? I'm done. Guys, you can't. In those moments, that friction, that's where you get stronger. You know, it's through those moments that led me to, to taking some financial uh, planning courses that led me to starting a, like a, a little financial coaching uh, business. And that ultimately led me to the line within us. You never know the steps that, you, that, 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 that lie ahead. You just have to be willing to take them and trust that God's going to be there for you. You know, standing here recording this right now, I, it's surreal. I can't even believe that I have that there's a podcast that people actually want or, or will listen to it. But the thought that this may encourage or uplift a brother out there, unreal. Trust God and pray. Have that prayer life constantly. My Bible is right here right now. My hand is literally touching it. Get in the word. Let the word penetrate and soak into you. Because in those moments, those Job-like moments, that's all you got. You know what? That's enough. That's enough. So guys, what happened next? You know, there's always what happened next. Well, we wanted to have a baby. We did. So we, we processed, we took some time with, uh, with faith, after faith, and my wife healed, you know, her body had to heal. She just, she, she literally had a baby, right? Um, but just like any, any, any mothers out there, you know, that takes some time for healing. And we, we, we decided to, you know what? We won't trust God. And we leaned in and we, we got pregnant. And so we got pregnant. And, and I went to every doctor's visit. You know, we did all, this, we, all the same rituals. But I can tell you what, you talk about intense moments. My wife probably is smiling as she's listening to this right now. Uh, your host of the line within us, Chris here, and those initial meetings, well, pretty much every meeting we had with the, with the doctors when my wife was pregnant, this, the, the, our last time, it was an intense drill sergeant moment because I was asking a lot of questions. I wanted feedback. I wanted data. I mean, I, you know, the engineer came out. 
I was pressing them to see what we could do. You know what? Looking back now, I wasn't trusting God. I had a lot of moments where I wasn't trusting. I was trying to, 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 to force that outcome. And it, but I do remember at some point in the pregnancy, I just had to, I, my wife said, you got to get this up. You know, you're stressing yourself. If it happens and we can hold our baby, then that's a blessing. But we got to trust God. And so that's what we did. We trusted him. Uh, they did the extra care, you know, and, and, and tried some, you know, some new things just to help with my wife. Cause there really wasn't anything that found. It's nothing. It's just, it was, faith was just one of those things. And so we trusted. And then uh, we went to the hospital on August 20th. So my oldest daughter was born on August 19th. We had her birthday. We celebrated her birthday. We went to the hospital the next morning on the 20th uh, to be induced. And on August 21st, uh, we were blessed and we got to hear our baby cry and our little baby, Lily, Lily Grace. She joined the family on August 21st, 2021 and has been a blessing. And I just remember some of the nurses that delivered faith were actually in there and just tears of joy that just poured all over that baby when she was born and to hear her cry and, and, and to watch her cry. I was so, so excited to see a baby cry. I mean, it sounds crazy, right? But just the delivery room wasn't quiet anymore and it was wonderful. And I just remember being there with her and, 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 and Lily and uh, she had some jaundice. So we had to stay in the hospital a few extra days. So it was stressful getting out. But I just remember that moment when we came home and we had that baby and, our daughters got to come out and meet their sister. It was, it was unreal, guys. It was just that, that moment of, of redemption. And my wife told me from the time uh, uh, when we got pregnant, she said, God has, has, has given me a peace. I said, well, what, about what? She says, I have a peace that he's trying to tell me that September will be, you know, the redemption. We'll be redeemed. Well, our daughter was due actually in September. They, 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 they delivered her a few weeks early because of the, what had happened with Faith. But her due date was actually the very first week of September. And I remember September 2021, not that long ago, uh, probably one of the best months of my life. Having a newborn. And I can tell you one thing. Rebecca and I, we just, we don't stress over crying babies or getting up or, you know, things that you get stressed out about for new parents, we just don't. And I can only attribute that to because the pain we, we went through together in that quiet delivery room. That's not there. You know, we, we have our little girl and we were able to open that nursery up and, and we redid some things in there to make Lily's room, her room, but the joy and, and, and guys, you know, I know not if you guys are listening and some of you guys haven't got that point yet. And I don't want to discourage you. I just want to encourage you to keep trusting God. We didn't know. We didn't know we were going to make it to the finish line. And we had made it to the, to the goal line with faith. And it happened. So it was a blessing. Lily's just a beautiful little girl, eight months old. For about now, when this drops, she'll be nine months old. And... You know, just just a wonderful blessing. And guys, got some got some other news for us for for the lines out there. Uh, I want to share this with you. So, in November, uh, we're expecting another one. So we're we're back in that process right now of praying. Well, we'll, I'll I'll ask. I'm not ashamed. I will ask everyone out there listening. I covet your prayers between now and all and in November when our baby will will prayerfully be born. There's a lot of prayers that have to happen. we're doing the best we can to stay healthy and uh, to, to, to do what we can to, to get to that delivery room. But at the end of the day, as a man, there's nothing I can do other than support, be there for my wife, help with the kids, you know, help try to think, make things as less stressful as possible. But at the end of the day, it's in his hands and there's no better hands to be in. So guys, you know, I pray that a message like this is, is helpful. I can tell you this is the hardest message I've ever had to deliver. You know, and I don't know 
how it helps you guys, but I would encourage you this. If, if this helps or if you want to talk, hit us up. Go to the line within us. There's ways to contact us right there on the webpage. You know, send us a note. Hit, hit me up. I mean, you can send an email to support at the line within us, and I will answer. I'll respond to you. If you want to set up a call and talk about something, you know, if you're struggling with this and your, or, or your wife is, let me know. If all I do is sit and pray with you for a few minutes, I'll do it. I believe in the power of prayer. And I believe that, that as brothers, we need to pray for each other and with each other. So I highly encourage you guys, share this episode out. If it, if it meant anything at all, share it out. If it didn't, that's fine. I get it. You know, check out the next podcast. I'm sure it's probably good, great. But this resonated. Share this with a brother. Because maybe he and his wife need to hear this together. Maybe they need to sit down and listen. And just know, if anything, just know they're not alone. They're not alone. I've been in the hospital after the, the nine-week the, the nine miscarriage for DNC. I know how it feels to walk out with your wife with that. I've been in the hospital in the quiet delivery room. And I know how it feels to walk out of that hospital with an empty car seat. I would love to pray with you to help you through this, to at least try to be an encouragement to lift you up. So again, our question of the week, how do you respond to God in your Job-like moments? How do you respond to God in those Job-like moments? Guys, I pray that this helps you. I pray that this blesses you. Again, share this with others. I highly, I'd love it if you gave a rating and review. That means the world. I'd love it if you joined the Lions Den. It's free. Go check out the website, thelinewithin.us. Check out our Bible study. You know, I wrote that that Bible study. You know, but after faith, before Lily, uh, it was in that time. So I spent a lot of time in the Word writing that Bible study. You know, we're working on resources and courses and things like that. We're, there's blogs out there right now. There's a, a blog out. On, on being, uh, you know, what to look for for a stronger man's group, you know, to, to build that group up. Love your feedback on that kind of stuff. You know, I got good feedback that you guys like some of the solo stuff. So I'm going to try to do some of that stuff more and more. Uh, but again, the line within us is not about Chris. And I've prayed to the Lord. If it ever is, shut it down. Shut it down. The line within us is all about glorifying him and helping you grow to be the leader you're predestined to be. Now, if we're doing it and we're doing that right, I feel like God's going to bless us. And he has been blessing us. You, know, you guys are listening. You're out there. And I can't thank you enough. But no, it's not me. It's not me. It's all for him. It's all for him. So guys, I, I, I pray for each and every one of you. Thank you again. Go check out the line within us for all the stuff out there, for ways to connect with us and me and, and talk. I hope you have a great day. Hope you enjoyed this message. Now go out and unleash the lion within.